Welcome to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, bringing you honest talk, even when it bites. Now, here are your hosts, the founders of DogsInDanger.com, Alex Alexanian and Brenda Bush on AM970, The Apple. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're back in the studio at WNYM in the city of New York on another gorgeous day. Is it like is it with uh, my co-host here, Brenda Bush, next to me? Welcome back, folks. Is it like I keep saying every single time that we're on the air that it's a gorgeous day? I know. It seems that way. What is happening to New York? So now I actually have it on record that the weather in New York is not as bad as you usually yeah. complain it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what the deal with that is. But I, I keep – I reminded myself that every time I come on the air and I say my famous or infamous or nobody has noticed uh, three welcomes and then I say it's a beautiful day in New York. Yeah, it is. So anyway, we, uh, today's topic uh, – welcome to all of our listeners. Today's topic is black dogs. Black yeah. dogs in shelters, the, black dogs with problems. To the uh, uh, uninitiated, the idea may seem a little strange, you know, doggy discrimination. But among those in animal circles, it's uh, commonplace enough to have be, been dubbed its own name called black dog syndrome. And that's what we're going to talk about today with some leading uh, shelter directors from across the country. Yeah, I, have, I haven't had a term for it. That's a very technical term, black dog syndrome. I call it the curse of the black dog. And I know Brenda takes uh, issue with that, and I'm probably going to get smacked just about now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tried to keep that one off the website. So we're going to talk about whether or not this is a, a phenomenon that's real or, or, or perceived or, or what's going on with it. But Yeah, we have lots of different ways and, and some great guests. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into that, let's do um, a little bit of house, housekeeping issues. Uh, one of them is the PSA, which we keep talking about week after week. Well, here's the big news. It's done. It's done. Yeah, it's finished. The special effects are done. We saw it for the first time yesterday, and uh, it knocked us out. Even though we've seen it in parts, you know, a million times over, it brought tears to my eyes. It really did. Yeah, and and we really hope that it's going to have the same sort of reaction with uh, the greater audience, the dog-carrying or animal-loving audience out there. Of course, you never know. It's a total crap shot, right? It's it's one man's vision or or one group's vision of things, and... um, it's no way to know what the reaction is going to be. But well, I'll tell you what we are going to do. We're going to have people participating in the decision-making process. There's actually uh, two different versions of it, with uh, one with a voiceover and one with no voiceover, just to leak just a little bit. Just one. music mm-hmm. And what we're going to do is we're going to ask our friends, you, the listeners, and the people on the web that follow Dogs in Danger, to pick the one that goes on the air on the networks. And the way that's going to happen is we're going to send out this week, the upcoming week, we're going to be sending out an email. That's going to have a couple of links, and we're going to ask you guys to choose which link you like best, meaning which video you like best, with the voiceover or without the voiceover, and tell us why you like it best. And whoever wins or whichever uh, one of the videos wins, I think, is going to be the one that goes on to broadcast starting November the 4th. So we have high hopes for this public service announcement to raise awareness and save a lot of lives. So So let's tell people how they can be on that. You have to be on our email list to get that email that's going to have those links. So if you're interested in being a, a part of the select group that decides which video is going to be uh, is going to be running on national networks, uh, we ask you to go to dogsindanger.com and look for a link. List. Yeah, there's a link that actually says, what can you do? If you click that, it'll open up a little window where you can put in your email address. 
Once you put that email address in, you're locked in. You're that's on, the list that's going to get list. it. Yeah, that's it. now we do not people you know bother people. We don't sell the list, so don't get no. concerned yeah. and scared. Okay, it's just we don't ever sell it. We only communicate once in a blue moon. This is a big deal, big issue for us. Yeah. So if you want to be a part of this thing and be a part of the decision making team on picking the right video, please go to dogsindanger.com and look for the link that says "What can I do?" Right. Click that link and you'll see the email pop up. And we're looking for airtime on uh, networks across the country sometime after Election Day and before the holidays. So uh, yeah, we need so to get moving so on that. yeah, this is a big deal for us. It's uh, we put a lot of money into it, a lot of effort, a lot of soul, Blood, and uh, sweat, and, and it's tears. a crapshoot. It's a total crapshoot. No, you know, when it comes to wow. creative arts, no one has any idea what's going to work and what's not going to work. You know, and if somebody tells you they do, they're lying. <laughs> you know, um, moving on. You know, we, we do have other stuff besides the PSA to talk about. Moving on, um, we have another big event that we're working on, which we don't really want to say too much about because this is, you, you talk about a crap shot. I think that the, the chances that this happens is about 10%, I'd say. We're not even going to say it's a big. word about it. It's yeah, real it's, big. It's so big. I didn't even know you were going to talk about this today. So yeah, but I'm not going to say that much about it. I'm just going to so say. you're not going to tell them. You're telling them, but yeah. you're not telling well, them. Well, I'm kind of yeah. telling them that we have yeah. big ideas. It's huge. <laughs> yeah, know? it's really big. <laughs> we work in the big world, okay? It doesn't mean we accomplish big. We we're just gonna think big. We're going to need some magic to make, pull this one out, though. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is in the 10% category, folks. Um, okay, let's leave the 10% category and look at, let's look at the ugly percent category. Um, we talked about in the past about the Oscar-winning docu- documentary. Last year won the Oscar for the best documentary, uh, The Cove. Made me sick, made a lot of people yeah. sick. Um, all the people that voted for it in the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, I think they made them sick as well. It's about a, a town in Taizhai, Japan, uh, famous for their annual dolphin hunt, where they just basically take the dolphins in uh, and route them and kill them. Yeah, and if you haven't seen The Cove, uh, I encourage you to watch it, although it's really, really rough to watch. And uh, it, it basically shows you know, herded dolphins stabbed in the cove that turns red with their blood and uh, international opposition came out of that documentary yeah i mean it was all over the place and anyway so uh, the opposition was fairly fierce and of course there was a lot of tv coverage on it and even in japan there was some tv coverage of it well last week the people of taiji japan did it again just want to announce it's they, an it's annual starts in september yeah so and there was some week, question whether yeah. they were going to do it after the, mm-hmm. after this you know the cove last year made it as the best uh, best documentary and on October October twelfth, they did it again. They went on the uh, on the hunt. They killed a whole bunch of uh, uh, dolphins. And all we can say is shame on the Japanese. Um, they did let a couple of babies go. I understand, but the poor things were confused and looking for their parents when they let them go. So yeah, just, all I can say is, man, shame on it's their horrible. bloody traditions. You know that they refuse to change with modern values. And I guess in some uh, partial way, shame on us for not doing more in some ways. Leaving that depressing subject, let's let's. I'm gonna. I have a quiz question for you, Brenda. Uh oh. Okay. You are a I'm big scared. dog lover, and you have several dogs of your own. And we do not count how many dogs Brenda has lately because it changes constantly. Usually going on the upside. That's not true. So the ASPCA lately last week came out with this annual estimate of how much it costs in America to own a dog. They didn't ask me. It, well, what do you think it is? <laughs> Well, I read your notes here right before the oh, show. Oh, you're so such a good cheater. I cheated. But yeah, yeah. It says $1,500 a year, according to uh, ASPCA. I don't know where they got those numbers, but that's the average cost of owning a dog. Wow. I do more than Th- that. Is that Just more than food. you expected, Just or is that food. lower? No, actually, that's about what I thought. Yeah, so they're about right. $1,580 yeah. uh, per dog. So if you have two dogs, is it 3000 bucks? Is it... Uh... 
Is it getting cheaper? I think it's exponential growth. <laughs> no, there are some economies oh, it's, it's, of scale. It's 5000 bucks. <laughs> But I think I do that much just in food. So uh, We don't have much time. We do have about 90 seconds before we switch to our um, – I'm sorry, 90 seconds. Is that possible? Um, uh, we do have a couple of minutes to talk about uh, what happened with a laboratory called Professional Laboratory and Research Services. And this one goes for accolades to PETA. Um, this last uh, month, the Professional Laboratory and Research Services was shut down, and they shut down their – um, their services, and they completely closed down the laboratory because of PETA undercover video showed incredible cruelty to the animals, the dogs and the rabbits that were there. Um, Do we know what happened to those animals? Because I didn't read that story. The Department of Agriculture is looking for homes for them. And you know what was surprising to me, Brenda? It, it wasn't – when I read the story, it wasn't that this was news because this kind of stuff happens a lot, okay, when there's laboratories. It, we, you read about it all the time. What really got to me was that, was that the U.S. Department of Ag- Agriculture had inspected the plant many times, including one bef- week before the shutdown came out as a result of the release of the PETA video, and they never found any violations. Surprise, surprise. Go figure that, you know? I mean, what, what does that mean? Do you, <laughs> are they Don't doing their me, job? Right? Or, I mean, are they just, are they just showing up? And, um, and then they, you know, and then it's a big shock suddenly that PETA pulls out this video. If it wasn't for PETA, these well, dogs would still yeah. be, be, are, are still going to be abused. Not that I'm a fan of PETA, but I do have to give them credit where credit's due. And, you know, they, they have been uh, responsible for uncovering some horrible cruelty, and uh, this being one of them. And uh, there are a lot of people that argue that the Department of Agriculture is not the appropriate um, uh, agency uh, there to be overlooking such things. And um, Yeah, isn't that— It's a, not is, the first time I've Isn't that like the misfit of all time? The Department of Agriculture is looking over these live animals that are our pets in, in many circumstances, okay? It's not, you know, just cows and, you know, and sheep. Mm-hmm. That uh, that are herded together, just just I I don't get it. I don't get that picture. Anyway, congratulations A to PETA. Two hundred dogs and cats and rabbits were saved just from this uh, laboratory. You know what was what was the other thing that was interesting about that? The CEO of the company, when she was reached for comment of the research lab, yeah, of the research lab, she mm-hmm. said she was disgusted and horrified, and she had no idea her workers were doing that. Way it to was go a woman. For the supervision. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk about failure at all points, right? Government. On that note, we're going to move on to our first um, highlighted dog of the day. We do two featured dogs on each uh, radio show from the Dogs in Danger website. There's so many to pick from. It's really hard to pick. Um, Sometimes we have um, um, volunteers or uh, donors who um, promote a certain dog. Um, Today we have uh, one of each. And the first dog we have to highlight is uh, Rick out of the Miami Shelter. We're going to have the director of the Miami Shelter on later, so we wanted to do a Miami dog. Um, Just happens also to be a black dog to stick with our theme for the day. It's a uh, black lab mix, and um, you you have to go to the website to see the sadness in this dog's face. It's always – it just tears me apart every time. It's in Miami, am I correct? Yeah, it's in Miami. And – and the shelter staff thinks he's about two years old. Um, he's been at the shelter for a couple of weeks now. And you can contact the um, Miami uh, Adoption Center at 305-884-1101. They also have an email address. So if you go to our website and uh, search Florida, you'll find this dog, uh, Rick. And um, Go save Rick, go folks. Our, Come on. Yeah, go to our Facebook page. You'll find we it we have a very high record yeah. of saving dogs that we promote on the radio hour. Don't let us down. Don't let Rick down. 
get on that phone. Get on that video. Yeah. What a sweetheart. We'll be right back. More of the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour is on the way on AM 970, The Apple. When we first started thinking about dogs in danger, we had one overriding thought. Millions of innocent dogs were being killed in shelters each year in this country. And we realized there was no way for the public to know just which dogs were going to die and when. That's when the light bulb went on. So we created DogsInDanger.com, where every dog gets a last chance at life. The good public embraced the idea and 40,000 dogs are alive today, bringing joy to families and children everywhere. In today's economy, it's hard for anyone to part with their money. But Dogs in Danger needs your help to keep saving lives. If you believe like we do that needless killing is morally wrong, then do something about it. Please go to DogsInDanger.com and make a tax-deductible donation. Just $18 per month will help us continue our life-saving mission. Donate to DogsInDanger.com and do something good for your soul. Barkable Radio, the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on AM 970, The Apple. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Well, we're back from the studios of WNYM, The Apple in New York. And I have to just say, I have to just thank, what do you have thank to say? Matt uh, at the WNYM studios, who does a lot of the um, the voiceovers and promotions for the uh, for the um, radio station. And he threw in, you know, we didn't have that stuff recorded in there, but he what, threw in lots of key radio? stuff like Barkable Radio. <laughs> and later in the show, you'll hear, you know, no fleas on us, you know, back with that stuff. So thanks, Matt. You do a, a good great copywriter. Job. We, huh? we appreciate that stuff. <laughs> so let's bring on our uh, our first guest, okay? And she is Madeline Bernstein. She's president of the SPCA of Los Angeles. Um, she is quite knowledgeable about black dogs, black dog syndrome. Actually, she's written quite uh, quite a number of articles, from what I understand. And I'd love to well, bring I know her she's in. She's outspoken on the subject. I'm not sure if she's written well. This is the show it. to be on. Yeah. Then, if you're outspoken, let's bring her on right now. Madeline. Yes. How are you? Terrific. Hello there. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. You're uh, you're on the air live with Alex and Brenda on the Dogs Endangered Radio and Hour. Good morning out there in L.A. <laughs> Right. Well, actually, I'm in Portland this morning, so oh, wow. I'm moving around. There you go. Would yeah. that be Maine or Thank Oregon? You for inviting me. I love Portland, and I'm seeing a few fall leaves, which you don't see on palm trees in L.A. Yeah. Wait, all wait of is our that trees. Maine or Oregon? That's a good one. That's three thousand miles. Oh away. no, it's Portland, Oregon. Oregon. Oh, okay. much closer to L.A. Yeah, closer. Yeah, same time zone as L.A. Yeah, I'm, I was a speaker at the Animal Law Conference at the law school here. So. Oh, great. Great, great. So, Madeline. Why don't you tell our listeners and ourselves, I guess, just exactly what black dog syndrome is? Um, yeah, okay, perfect. First, it's it's real, which is usually the first question I get. You know, are you kidding? Or well, that's coming nonsense? up, <laughs> right? <laughs> and what it is 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 a, a syndrome where black dogs typically don't get adopted as easily as other dogs, and so it spirals into a situation where you start to go to a shelter and you'll see a lot of black dogs that have been there for a long time. And it's not imagined. It's a real problem, and there are reasons for it, um, which I'm sure you'll want to know, both, both real and subliminal. But it's something that shelters really have to actively combat in order to move those dogs into homes because, it's, you know, it's, it's just as bad to discriminate against the dog because he's black as any other discriminatory issue. Absolutely. But, but Madeline, let's, um, let's peel the onion back a little bit. 
Um, is it the color? Is it specifically the fact that it's black? Or is it the size of the dog that's being prejudiced against, you think? Um, essentially, it's the color. <clears throat> and there's two reasons. Um, one reason is the subliminal reason, which we'll do second. And the second reason is actually the color. Um, first of all, um, people like dogs that will stand out, that look unusual, and very often they don't see the black dog that way. Two, a lot of shelters uh, can be dark and not well lit, and so the black dog can show up really well in a situation like that. Um, three, um, for some reason, the black dog looks meaner. So even if you're looking at a, at a tan chihuahua and a black chihuahua, the black dog looks, looks meaner. And so people tend to veer away from dogs that appear to be mean, appear to be nastier, don't you know, look like every other dog on the street because they want a more unusual dog. And, and they're hard to make look better in many shelter environments. So, but the, the question, I guess, becomes then, are there any studies that, that support this theory? There are. I mean, if you talk to, I don't know if they're, you know, scientific studies done by statisticians, but if, if you talk to shelter people across the country, we all are struggling with the black dogs. I mean, you know, there's the subliminal issue about, you know, good versus evil, but what works really well and what we do and what, you know, I always recommend that people do is we deliberately, when we have black dogs, regardless of the size, we move them into the lightest cages, both paint color-wise and also where the sun hits in our outdoor areas. And we usually put very colorful bandanas on them. And we put colorful toys in with the dog so that the dog starts to stand out. And if we are photographing a black dog for the website, we will usually move the dog out or, again, put a contrast in there so that the dog just doesn't appear to fade into the woodwork and kind of look just dark, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And there have been... And, and you, Right. There have been um, there have been um, rescue groups and and also websites that have spawned uh, specifically to address this issue of the right. challenges that black coated dogs face in shelters. Right. And right, encouraging right. I mean, there are efforts all over for people to say, please come and make the black dog your first choice. And if the shelter has no black dogs, you know, then move on. But, but right. try for the black dog first. I mean, from shelter directors, uh, many we hear from many shelter directors, one of the most common reasons given for this is, is reluctance to adopt certain breeds of dogs or sizes, colors of dogs because of their perceived uh, aggressiveness. You know, large aggressive dogs uh, with black coats have routinely been por- portrayed as dangerous to those around them, right? So that's where a lot of the, you're saying the subliminal comes from, well, even right. though it's, it's not even combina- Right. It's, it's a nature versus nurture or chicken and egg thing. Um, there are certain breeds of dogs that are perceived dangerous um, to people, and they won't adopt them. And there are certain people who won't adopt large, larger dogs, breeds of, you know, at all, because mm-hmm. they appear dangerous. But, but black dogs um, have the double whammy in, in every category. And also, there's, you know, if you picture, if you're watching the movies or you're watching TV shows or uh, you know, I have Law and Order on in the in in the background here at my hotel. Um, there's a case where somebody was 
maybe murdered by a dog, and the colors of the dogs, you know, that are suspect and that they're looking at are all black dogs. It's funny because it's on right now, you know. Wow. And and yeah. so and and gangs, it's pervasive. You know, and, it really is. It's it's everywhere. But, but yeah. Madeline, right. let me it's, let me quote something that we picked up on our on doing our research on the internet. Uh, Ed Box, I'm sure you know Ed. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Ed. Uh, Ed Box, right. former director of L.A. Shelter System, once said right. that black dogs. In LA. Yes. <laughs> Um, uh, black dogs, exactly, re- represented 27% of all dogs taken in into L.A., I guess, and 28% of those adop- adopted. I mean, that's basically an index of actually a little bit better than uh, than 100. Is there a real problem? I mean, according to this, there isn't. I, I've never heard that you know, particular statistic, and I, I don't actually want to confirm that, that it's accurate because we – I'll tell you another way that I know that that's probably not true, and that is we're very active in moving animals from one shelter to another where, you know, there's a demand and we have a supply. And on more than one occasion when we were getting ready to send a group of animals from our location to another location, we were told specifically no black ones, Hmm. Um, which, of course, you know, sent me right. into a fury and, you know, I started screaming. But, but so I know that that statistic does not seem right. So at you don't all. buy it. You, 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 I mean, we found it, it on the internet, so we right. didn't talk to Ed. Right. But. Yeah, I don't buy it. And I can walk around my own shelter, you know, and tell you that, you know, we have a lot of black dogs, and that's the other thing. Like, we try to not keep them all together, you know, in, in one row because, mm-hmm. again, you know, people want, if they could come into a, an animal shelter and go home with a zebra because nobody else on the block has one. They would. They're going to go know? for the zebra. Exactly. So if you have, you know, 10 black dogs in the shelter and you have them all next to each other, right. people immediately see that as a block that becomes one dog and <laughs> they move over to something with weirder markings or really? that looks different or does that, you know, so that they'll stand out amongst their friends. So really, you know, when you're marketing the black dog, you're marketing against you know, everything you're marketing against for any person walking in looking at any, you know, dog, and then you add all these other factors that just compound That's incredible. the problem. We, we put together a small list. This is a small list, okay, of what, we, what you guys have been, Brenda and you have been talking about is the subliminal issue of black dogs. Winston Churchill called his depression, you know, Winston Churchill suffered of right. depression. He called him his uh, black dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hound of the Baskervilles, the famous book, right. uh, Sherlock Holmes' book. The, the hound is a black dog. The right. Harry Potter series, the dog is a black dog. The bad dog right. in the Harry Potter series. The omen, remember the omen with the devil dog, right. Um, right. black dog. Um, and other examples, good guys wear white, bad guys wear black. Going mm-hmm. even further than that, what about black cats? Black cat crosses the street, black cats bad, lo- bad luck, right? Black cat faces big black dogs. And here's, here's, here was a funny one. Um, a well-respected radio executive that I know um, once said to me, uh, People have problems with black dogs just like they have problems with big black men. I mean, it seems. I agree with you. I, I don't want to go there either, but it really does seem that this is a much greater societal issue than it is a specific animal or dog related problem. It's, it seems to be something uh, much higher than our, our perception of, of black seems to be. I mean, going from black cats to, you know, uh, good guys wear black, that has nothing to do with animals. Well, that's what good guys wear, I mean, bad guys wear black, you know. It's Snow White. It's, you know, in Beauty and the Beast, it's, you know, the, the dark-haired sisters, you know, you know, are always, were meaner. And Cinderella, the blonde, Cinderella was the blonde, the, you know, the, 
the evil stepsisters were dark hair. I mean, cowboys, good cowboys were, you know, were white hats, bad cowboys were black. And good and evil tends to be broken and exactly. very clear black and white. And that's the, you know, that's the subliminal piece. Yeah. And, black and hat, it, you know, is uh, absolutely, tied, yeah. into, tied into the occult, which is, has a whole other thing. But there was another one in addition to the ones you just read. There was... Um, and I, I just, it slipped my mind right now, but somebody famous died, and it was perceived that this black dog was, like, haunting the Moors, you know, that tended to be connected to that particular, you know... Particular the prejudice country. against the color well, we have seems like an overwhelming issue to, to, to deal with. I mean, I, I'm sure you guys are doing a great job, but just right off the bat, if the dog is born black... He's got a big got X on his forehead. Well, society has problems on these issues, and hopefully well, the and, media and is going to. Media has some responsibility here, also. Well, that's right, and society also likes to blame other factors. I mean, I would make the analogy: we have issues with black dogs, and we agree that no one here is disagreeing. But you know, you've got issues with pit bulls. You know, there right. are some pit bulls that that shouldn't be adopted, and there are pit bulls that should be adopted, but. Society, as a rule, has now deemed the pit bull, you know, a very scary dog. Insurance companies don't uh, insure uh, mm-hmm. home, you know, don't want to give you homeowners insurance if you have a certain right. kind of dog. Well, we're going to have you back on another show yeah. just to address pit bulls, which is yeah. not today's But, but see, the, the interesting thing to me is that pit bulls, there's actually some anecdotal evidence that maybe they're, uh, one of them is violent, the other one. There's absolutely no anecdotal evidence that shows the yeah. color of the dog has anything has to anything. do with the violence quota. No. It's all in people's head, the black depression, you know, the just black thoughts. Uh, it's incredible. A person who's mean has a black heart. Yeah. You know, so, if, you don't, if you don't hear this, this, this discussion, you'd never imagine that uh, if, you're, if you're a black dog, your chances of death are much higher. Um, Madeline, we're going to have to get off. We're hearing the background music coming on. Uh, we'd love to have you on again in a future show. Thank you so much. Okay. You're a great Thank guest. You, Thank, Thank you, Madeline. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. More of the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour is on the way on AM 970, The Apple. The News, AM 970, The Apple. 63 degrees under sunny skies in New York City. Well, if you're home trying to watch the giant game and you're a Cablevision subscriber, not today, unfortunately, as Cablevision and Fox's parent company, News Corporation, met last night to negotiate a new deal on fees but came up empty. So viewers across the tri-state area are missing today's Giants-Lions game on Fox 5. At midnight Friday, Fox 5 and My 9 pulled the plug when the two sides failed to come to an agreement. Cablevision customers tell News 12 that they're very upset. Especially in this economy, you know, number one, you're hurting people. You're just hurting yourself. Fox is hurting themselves by pulling the stations off. People are getting mad. I think it's two mega corporations going at each other, and, you know, it'll be settled in. It's not going to last. The two sides are scheduled to resume talks today. An industrial fire continues to burn in Jersey City. The fire broke out here at the Sims Metal Management Recycling Plant on East Linden Avenue around 11 o'clock Saturday night. Huge amount of smoke pouring out from the area, heading due east right over to the five boroughs. And throughout the night, residents of Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island could certainly see and smell the smoke. Dozens of firefighters responded here to this blaze. It went to four alarms around 5 o'clock Sunday morning. And then fire crews brought in backloaders to try and offload the debris off the pile to cut back on the fire and the smoke. The good news, no reports of any injuries to these firefighters or to the workers at the plant. The cause of the fire is under investigation. 
Glenshuck at the fire scene in Jersey City. On the roads, getting across the Hudson River, George Washington Bridge, a good shape. Lincoln Tunnel, not bad. Holland Tunnel heading into town, about a 15-minute backup. LIE eastbound side of Main Street in Queens, all lanes subject to closure with a crash. In sports, Giants are trailing the Lions by the score of 7 to nothing. It's the Jets taking on Denver later today. Forecast for today, sunny skies, a high 68 degrees. AM 970, the Apple is New York City's fastest-growing talk radio station. Check out Curtis Lewa Monday morning on your drive to work and find out why. I am Bill Powers on the Talk of New York on AM 970, The Apple. If you have dark circles and under-eye bags, we have some exciting news. We just sold our millionth jar of Hydrolyze Advanced Under-Eye Cream. And to celebrate, we're giving away as many free trials as we can in the next 24 hours. To take part in our million jar celebration, call 1-800-400-5797 in the next 24 hours and claim your free trial. The clinically proven ingredients in Hydrolyze visibly erase dark circles and under-eye bags, whether they're due to stress, aging, fatigue, even your diet. It works so well, we sold one million jars. And now we want to celebrate by letting you try it absolutely risk-free. Of course, all celebrations have to come to an end. So this radio offer is only available for the next 24 hours. If you suffer from dark under-eye circles and bags, this is your chance to visibly erase them for free. Call now for your free trial of Hydrolyze. If lines are busy, call again. That's 1-800-400-5797. 1-800-400-5797. The best prices of the year are available right now at Metro Honda in Jersey City. Now is the time for you to get your new car from Metro Honda, the metropolitan area's premier Honda dealer. Metro Honda is celebrating their Honda clearance sale, going on right now till the end of the month, with a full line of 2010 Hondas still available, priced as low as $79 a month for select models. That's right, $79 a month. Metro Honda is offering their best prices of the year. So hurry, while inventory lasts. Metro Honda is located just minutes from the Holland and Lincoln Tunnels, the New Jersey Turnpike, Staten Island, and Brooklyn. Metro Honda will even offer you a free trade appraisal in less than 10 minutes on your current car. Your car may be worth more than you would ever think it would be. And at Metro Honda, they will buy any make or model. Call Metro Honda today at 1-800-229-CARS. That's 1-800-229-CARS. Or go online at MyMetroHonda.com. Call Metro Honda today at 1-800-229-CARS. Or go online at MyMetroHonda.com. The way to go is Metro. All subject to primary lender approval. See dealer for details. Throw your friend a bone. It's more of the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on AM 970, The Apple. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Well, we're back on the air, Brenda. That was a fascinating discussion. Yeah. You know, we it, it's funny because it, it's not funny. But there are many, um, many who think that this is just a, a you know, a, a made-up phenomenon that doesn't exist. And that's why, you know, Madeline was saying, gee, you know, usually the first question I get is, is it even real? And uh, and and the shelter people involved in rescue all across the country and in shelter work will say it is absolutely real. And those that are that are in kill shelters, um, even though we don't like to characterize mm-hmm. them that way, the ones that have very high euthanasia rates, um, you know, they will tell you that the dogs that the dogs, uh, large black coated dogs, are being killed at disproportionate you know, rates. But in those you shelters. know what I don't get. You know what I don't get? I mean, I I totally buy in on the whole concept because it makes sense. You know, with all the prejudices that we talked about before, it it all makes sense. When you research and try to find hard stats and you try to find numbers, okay, which is not a really difficult thing to do, okay, two million dogs being killed. Look, we're not tracking the dogs to begin with, so what makes you think they're going to track a nuance like the color of the coat of a dog? 
Well, so. I mean, we have some tracking of the dogs. For example, we can say definitively that the number of you know animals killed is someplace between two and three million. Okay, that's a million off. But I've uh, we have found absolutely no numbers, no statistics to support either a higher or lower or any statistics at all that say black equals no. this percent, non-black equals this percent. It's I mean. It, it's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate perception that the dogs are now facing because of societal issues. Yeah, but I mean, where's the? Why can't we have some research on this kind of stuff? So you well, know, we need to get our researchers a, back on the phone that we had on the show last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, and, and talk to. I mean, it's there. The numbers maybe dogs are there. Major needs you know? to fund some research on this issue. Yeah, somebody needs to get Excel. Well, in the meantime, we just need to do a better job for the big black dogs. Well, let's shelters. let's let's bring on. Let's, let's shed a little guest. bit more light on the issue and bring on. Someone I respect quite a bit, Dr. Sarah Pisano. She is the director of Miami-Dade Animal Services, one of the largest shelters, uh, municipal shelters mm-hmm. in the country. Um, I think they go through how many animals? We're going to ask her. Why well, don't we're going to ask her. How's that? Hit okay. that button. I've been and put told her on the air. to hit the button. All right, so we're going to bring on Dr. Sarah Pisano. Dr. Pisano, are you there? Yes. Thank you Hi, for joining how are us. You? Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you. Did you hear the, discuss- the prior discussion with uh, Madeline Bernstein? I'm actually at an event, so I I caught the tail end of it. Well, lucky for you, it's on podcast and iTunes, so you can you and can, I get, will, you can yeah. get that later. <laughs> yeah. and we got that plug in there. Thank you. <laughs> um, let me ask you a question, Doctor Pisano. What is? I mean, you are um, a director of one of the largest uh, municipal shelters in the United States. What is your experience on this issue on the ground level, managing this huge shelter operation with uh, the black dog issue? What is your experience? Well, I think that, and as you said, we there's not a lot of shelters. I don't know any shelters that keep statistics on color. I can just tell you my perspective. We uh, saw over 36,000 animals abandoned at my shelter this past year. Um, so we're so panicked about all of them. Um, however, anecdotally, absolutely, I think your black dogs and your black cats and even black kittens have it harder. Um, I, I can definitely tell you that anecdotally. I don't keep statistics on it um, because we're trying so hard just to save as many as possible. So you, you um, think they take longer to get adopted than their lighter-coated counterparts? Yes, and I think, and again, that's anecdotally, and right. it's also going to depend on their personalities too. I mean, if you have, you know, a black lab year old that's you know sweet and trained and all that, then no, that one might go sooner. But I think in general, anecdotally, I can say, yes, it's harder. Right. Well, so I guess another way to look at the question, um, let me define it a little bit better then. Do you believe that of the 36,000 abandoned dogs, a higher percentage of them are, for example, black versus uh, any other color? No, no. And the 36,000 is dogs and cats. Oh, sorry. Okay. So that was what we, you know, saw abandoned this past year. No, I'm just saying anecdotally, I think they do stay at the shelter longer and get euthanized more frequently. But, again, we don't keep hard statistics on Mm -hmm. that. So they don't get turned in more often. People aren't turning in black dogs more often. It's just when they do turn them in, uh, they end up in the shelter longer and their chances of getting euthanized are higher. Therefore. I believe so, yes. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, in in, uh, in shelters uh, that do um, euthanize a lot of animals, the longer they're waiting for adoption, Clearly. invariably that means that, you know, Clearly. a higher proportion of them are going to end up dying, unfortunately. I have this quote here from uh, the, from some of our research from the shelter manager at uh, Paws Atlanta, which is one of that city's oldest and largest uh, shelters. And uh, it says... Um, 
every animal, uh, I've had to turn away many black dogs because I can't fill the place up with them. Everyone I turned away had a great temperament. Um, and basically saying that, you know, that she knew it would take twice as long or three times as long to adopt out a big black dog as it would uh, other dogs. So I guess you're saying that that's your experience there, too, even though you don't have any stats to back it up. Right, and we can't turn animals away. As you know, municipal right. shelters don't have that option like a private shelter might have. Right, right, right. You know, um, because of the lack of stats on the issue, Dr. Pisano, uh, what we did was, you know, Dogs in Danger has got a fairly decent um, uh, you know, obviously, statistical forum after three years of running the website and working with literally hundreds of um, of municipal shelters well, around the country. Well, coat color is not something that we track in the data on dogs Right. So danger, we, we did a we... little bit of um, simplistic research. And what mm-hmm. we did was we uh, bunched together all the dogs that were not you know, known to be not black, such as golden retrievers, okay, by breed. And then we bunched together all the dogs that typically are black, such as black labs, Rottweilers, and Dobermans. And we looked at the euthanasia ratios between the golden retrievers and the black dogs, okay? And surprisingly, uh, not actually not surprisingly, the golden retrievers had a 7% chance of being euthanized. Of all the golden retrievers that were uploaded to Dogs in Danger, 7% ended up being euthanized. Whereas with the black labs, Rottweilers, and Dobermans, 15% ended up being euthanized. Do you find this to be accurate or, or, or in your own uh, experience? Well, I think you also have – so those th- those other breeds were grouped. Is that what you said? We grouped the Black Labs, the right. Rottweilers, and the Dobermans right. just to so be I, able to I, track big black dogs. Yeah, I think that that could have been a function of breed. You know, your typical Rottweiler is mostly black. And if a family, you know, many families come to shelters to adopt with children, I think just they are more likely to adopt a golden. So I think the, over a Rottweiler. So I'm just saying I think there's You think probably, breed might have played a, a role in that I think also. that breed, yes. Maybe we'll do, what we'll do is yeah. these uh, golden retrievers and black labs uh, because I think, um, you know, some of the, the stereotypes that you're talking about in terms of the Rottweilers probably don't apply for black labs. Yeah, or just black dogs without, you no, know. we don't right. have the color. Unfortunately, <laughs> we don't track color yeah. in the day. Same, oh, same problem yeah. you got, same we got. Same problem you have, right. But, but we do have Black Lab as a separate and distinct uh, category breed description, so we could run that. And, you know, people are often surprised to hear of the number of Black Labs. Um, you know, most people associate Labs with being great, friendly family dogs. The number of mm-hmm. Black Labs that are, um, that are being killed across the country. And um, and so well, I hope I hope people are shocked about every breed. I mean, mm-hmm. our shelter literally looks like a pet store. We have Yorkies and Boxers and Goldens and right. Poodles and everything in between. And I, you know, I want people to be shocked that these beautiful, healthy animals are being euthanized because after tireless efforts. On behalf of all of us, dogs in danger are. We have 62 rescue partners. Um, we we almost tripled adoptions in the last five years. You know, we've done an amazing job. But when you compare it to the challenge of yeah. 36,000 animals, yeah. we're failing. And we I, certainly I, we have to compliment you, yeah. uh, Dr. Pizzano. We You and I have had the pleasure of being on a couple of other radio interviews in the past, I think. But, yeah. uh, but you are absolutely a champion in the cause and uh, a forward thinker. Um, yeah. And uh, believe me, if we could clone you and put you at every single shelter, I would not hesitate in a second to push that clone button. Thank you. Know? you. Clone me for one. This shelter, listen, I need three of me <laughs> um, here. And we have a lot of exciting things going on. Um, we set up a foundation that will focus exclusively on spay-neuter. I'm sure you know uh-huh. there is nothing that will stop this problem like spay-neuter. Yeah. 
And so we're being very aggressive in that arena, and we were actually recently named the next ASPCA partner community. Wow. Congratulations. Yes. So we're really excited. I think there's a lot of really positive things happening in Miami that are just really going to turn things around. Good for you. And we certainly don't mean to minimize uh, other dogs that are not uh, big black dogs in shelters. That just happens to be the topic of today's show. Right. But we want people, um, you know, to be equally horrified by the um, millions of dogs that are dying across the country for whatever reason it is. Dr. Pisano, um, our prior guest, Madeline Bernstein, we got into this, uh, the philosophical issue of black dogs, and we talked about Winston Churchill and the omen and uh, black cats. And Harry Potter. Harry Potter and all, the, mm-hmm. all that stuff about black. And, and obviously it came out fairly easily out of that discussion that there's also a societal perception issue that, that affects black dogs, as it seems to affect everything that moves and is black. Okay. Yeah. What, what is your feeling about that? that? Do you think that the societal issue is the real problem here? I do, and I think it's unfortunate um, because of the association, again, with cats and Halloween. Mm -hmm. Um, Dogs like, you know, Cujo was, I think, a Rottweiler, wasn't he? Or one of those. Yeah, but he wasn't black, right? I don't remember. Was Cujo black? I don't remember. There was one, a lot of the aggressive dogs in the movies and the horror movies are usually black. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That, that I totally agree with you. But I don't think Cujo was black. I'm, we're looking over at Jonathan here for guidance. and Jonathan Our is, research assistant, yeah. And Jonathan doesn't He's have Googling a clue either. <laughs> I don't watch scary movies, so I probably spoke out of turn. <laughs> but I think, it, I think it is a stigma. I do. And Let, so what kinds of things, have we talked about the kinds of things that um, the Miami Shelter is doing specifically to address the issue of the challenges that black dogs face in shelters? Well, I think that what we do really is a holistic approach to all of our animals. Um, We do pets of the week, and we may highlight a black dog. We often would, you know, again, a black kitten or a cat. Um, We do pets of the week every single week, Um, but we don't have any specific you know, marketing plans just for black dogs. So we really are just trying to drive more people into the shelter to hopefully, you know, adopt as as many, get as many adoptions as possible. Right. And I, you know, I say this all the time too, especially because we're in the world of internet adoption, but a photo really is worth a thousand words. Yes. um, And, and I can't, you know, say that it's just the black dogs that are not photographing. Well, unfortunately, a lot of shelters don't have the resources to get really good quality photographs of, of many of their animals. And it's such a disservice um, because it, it really makes all the difference in the world to be able to see those eyes staring back yeah, and, and, Absolutely. Here, and here's the news, okay? Cujo is a fairly black dog, okay? <laughs> We've been pulling him up, predominantly. We're gonna Jonathan is pulling him black. up, and, and he looks, I'd say... Is that a St. Yeah. Bernard? I don't know what that is. I don't you know, know what that I is, but it's... maybe he th- might have been a St. Bernard after. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's There's okay. definitely yeah. some black in the dog, but uh, yeah. I wouldn't say it's 100% I mean, there black are dog. just countless depictions of big black dogs as vicious attack dogs, and so, you know, we need to just encourage the abolishment of myths and superstitions that paint black dogs as aggressive. Anecdotally, um, Dr. Pisano, do you have um, do you have an estimate in your mind or what you would think that how much greater the chances of a dog being uh, a black dog being euthanized is when it on intake into Miami shelter for example? Gosh, I really couldn't, but if you get in touch with me this week, I will see if my IT person can actually run a report. Um, I'll have to see if we have the capability to do that. We may be able to run a report. 
Do you, you track the color of the dog, actually, we, in, the, in all the information in your, that's yeah. recorded when it comes in? Do you track the color coat of the dog? Yeah, the color is in there. So so maybe you can. So maybe you can. So the thing is, you might want to look at just black, or you might want to look at black and brown. like Black and predominant. You know, if it's like a shepherd, they might put in yeah. one box. Yeah, black. I think I, that would be fascinating. You know what? That yeah. would be incredible, and I'd yeah. love to we should ask put it up our, on the website the yeah, and, and announce yeah. it on next yeah. week's show if we can get a number. Because really, finding a statistic is nearly impossible. Yeah. You know, a, a real statistic is well, nearly... it only makes sense in relation to other non-dark... No, absolutely, absolutely. Coats. And I think, uh, I think that Sarah, Sarah would have the capability. I mean, she has the base yeah. and the, she has the numbers there. So if they're tracking it, we would greatly appreciate it if you can come back with a number and we can talk this week. Yeah, yeah. Get in touch with me this week. I, I think that we can do that, but I will definitely get with my IT guy. Of, that, of the 36,000 uh, animals that, um, that Miami Shelter uh, routinely handles in one year, about how many um, are dogs? Let's see. This past year, it would be um, about 13,000 more cats in the balance. Almost all the rest of the balance were dogs because we do also other services like owner-requested euthanasias and things like that. So the balance would have been dogs. 23,000 dogs. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a huge base. Well, I'm fascinated to see the statistics because I'm absolutely fascinated. I mean, on one side, of course, my heart breaks that the chances that a dog doesn't survive is not because of his personality or aggression or charm or, you know, all of the other wonderful things that we share to you, but just something idiotic as his color, okay? Right. And, and that just breaks my heart. And the other hand, my philosophical part of me um, loves to explore, explore this, this, you know, this um, prejudice that we seem to have that runs so deep against the color black. Yes. Me, you know, meanwhile, of course, if you want to look hot and you want to go out to a nice you know, big club, you're going to wear black. Right. For whatever that means. Unless you have Siberian Huskies at home. <laughs> yes. And you are silver. Well, the music's starting Thanks up, so Dr. Pisano. Thank you so much, Dr. Pisano, for being with us. Thank we you really so much. We're going to be in touch with you this week, okay? More of the Dogs and Danger Radio Hour is on the Thank way you again. on AM 970, The Apple. Dogs in Danger is an award-winning charity that has turned the animal world on its head. It's the last chance for dogs waiting on death row in shelters across the country. They tell the public what dog is where and how many days they have before being killed. Then, caring people like you go and save the poor dog and bam, you have a new best friend and a happy family. Dogs in Danger has done this over 40,000 times in just two and a half years. Wow. Now you can help Dogs in Danger spread the word and save even more lives. Your donation is 100% tax deductible. So what are you waiting for? Go to dogsindanger.com and click the donate button. Just $18 a month will make them reach farther and help end the killing of our furry friends www.dogsindanger.com Then click donate and do something good for your soul. The Dogs in Danger Radio Hour. Honest talk, even when it bites. On AM 970, The Apple. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Wow, the hour is, hour is just flying by again. It Brenda. always does. Yeah, it always does. And I, I'm absolutely fascinated with this subject of uh, of black. And in this case, you know, black means death. 
Well, I don't know that that's what they're saying. That's a, that's a bit of a leap. Well, but, we are going to, and, and Dr. Pisano was kind enough to offer to take a look at the numbers. We are going to be the first ones to come up with numbers on this chances one. Chances of adoption. You know? It seems to be they're saying that chances of adoption are greatly affected by color of coat. Now, right. in some shelters that are no-kill shelters, those dogs are just waiting much longer right, to get right, adopted. Right, 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 on the no-kill In side, municipal yeah. shelters, that could mean you that You can't wait dogs, forever. Those, well, those, the, right. the, certainly by dogs in danger stats, it shows. Yeah. It clearly shows. I mean, we're showing more than a two-to-one ratio. Now, you're right. We added Rottweilers in there. We should have knocked them out. But we're showing a two-to-one ratio of euthanasia if you're black versus if you're not. It'll be fascinating to see how that compares well, with uh, Dr. Pisano's And numbers. as Dr. Pisano points out in that stat that we quoted, you do have breed uh, coming into influence there, too. And, I agree. And, uh, so, I agree. Um, one of the points, you know, I think we just have to work harder to encourage the abolishment, not only in media, but in society in general, against the myths and superstitions that paint these big black dogs as being dangerous. Or little black Absolutely dogs. Absolutely no. Remember, I asked or the question about... little black dogs, yeah, too. Little black dogs and are in teach, the same problem, apparently. teach shelter and rescue workers more effective ways of, of promoting those dogs and bringing attention to those dogs. So, uh, and and in with that, I think issue, you have another bla- I'm gonna say, black I'm dog. I'm going to say white or black, large or small, dogs need love and acceptance, just like we do. You have another black dog, I think. Um, actually, the-, uh, the first was uh, a black lab. Um, this one is not. But thank you to um, Jackie for highlighting uh, the next dog that's going to be highlighted for the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, which is Jackson at Nuego County Animal Shelter, White Cloud, Michigan. Um, they have him listed as a chow chow mix. He's adorable. I know. I say they're all adorable. I'm yeah, we say that all the time, right? Nobody yeah. believes us anymore. They're not all adorable, but. Um, Jackson is a young mixed breed guy. He may be a chow mix. They're not sure. Hard to tell when they come in. He's very young, about a year old, given to us by his owners because they were not caring for him properly. Jackson, along with three other dogs, were one of Animal Control's cruelty cases. Still needs to gain a few pounds, but he'll make an excellent dog for whoever's willing to take him. He's house-trained and good with children. Knows how to sit and shake and takes his treats very gently. Walks well on leash. So you can go to our website and search uh, Michigan, and you'll Michigan. find Jackson. Or you can just go to um, the Dogs in Danger uh, homepage, uh, the radio. The radio hour. hour we have a radio huh? hour page, yeah, on the website for each week's shows where we list information about our guests and also um, resources, links, and articles for the subject that we're talking about. Wow, that's a beautiful dog. It yeah. really is. And here's He's the good handsome. news. Okay, last last week's the two dogs that we promoted last week both got saved. adopted. Yeah, both okay. Saved. And keeps our record going. Yeah. I think this is our eighth week on the air, notwithstanding the NFL game that, uh, <laughs> that preempted us added, one week. It just gives him a little added. Yeah, you know, there's only been one exposure. dog that did not get saved that yeah. we promoted on the air. That was one of just, the first just, weeks, right? Yeah, one dog. And, of course, it broke my heart. But every single one. So, listen, guys, do not let us down. They all okay? are so deserving of homes, but there's just so much that we can do. Um, I wanted to mention um, a couple of websites that are out there um, for specifically for black dogs. There's Black Rescue Project. Mm-hmm. There's Black Pearl Dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these things listed on our um, on our website on the Radio Hour page. You know what? What can show. people do? You know, after you hear this story and you hear about this prejudice, which is uh, prevalent uh, throughout our society, if you care about dogs like we do, communicate it to other people. You know, uh, accept it and tell people, listen, this is what's happening. And when you see someone going for a non-black dog and say, you know what, just because he's black doesn't mean that, you know, there's anything wrong with the dog. They just can be just as friendly, great family dogs as their lighter colored counterparts. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. There's, it's, there's no justice. There's no justice in, in, a, in a society that uh, marks your color of your coat 
by the chance that you don't live to see you know, yeah. another day. We'd like to see so. dogs judge based on their, their deed and their temperament and not just the color of their coats. Absolutely. We're going to be uh, breaking away here uh, for a commercial break, and we'll be right back with our closing comments. Hold on. More of the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour is on the way on AM 970, The Apple. I'm Brenda Bush, co-founder of Dogs in Danger. For those of us who live with these special creatures, we understand that they're so much more than just dogs. They're faithful companions to the end. They remind us every day that life is precious and brief, full of fleeting joys and missed opportunities. Each year in this country, millions of homeless dogs are killed in shelters. There is a better way, and Dogs in Danger is working to get us there. It's the last chance for these dogs. Dogs in Danger makes it personal, with names and faces of dogs on death row, and brings us all face-to-face with a painful reality. More than 40,000 dogs have been saved with the assistance of Dogs in Danger, but we still have a long way to go. So please, open your heart and wallet to one of the thousands of dogs waiting for a second chance at life. Visit dogsindanger.com and click donate to help us stop the needless killing of our best friends. Do it now, before they run out of time. No fleas on us. The Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on AM 970, The Apple. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Well, the hour is over, and I want to talk about next week's show. Okay, yes. today was a pretty dramatic and depressing show. In some ways, because I don't well, want to hear know, about black dogs dying being on disproportionate. Absolutely, no, I, I agree. But, but next awareness. week we have an we have an up show. Okay, yes, we're going to talk about something really positive and something that really enlightening to me, and it, that is the human animal bond. Specifically, what, the human canine bond. Canine, why, but, why but we're going to we go have... further than that. We're going to talk about animal as well, because there's something that happens between animals and humans when they bond with one another, as typically dogs do. I think that's the most prevalent case. But there are many other examples of dolphins and lots of other examples, and sometimes some far-reaching examples. But there's some magic that happens there, and we want to explore that magic. Um, that magic is, is really something unique. Um, no one has been able to quantify it. Um, it's kind of like love, you know. It's, it's you know thousands you know of poets. You know it when you feel it, but it's yeah, hard to thousands describe. of poets have tried mm-hmm. to describe it, and uh, and films and books, and and none of them have really succeeded. So Why we're I'm sure we're going to fail at our attempts, but we're going to give it a try. Well, I don't know talk. that we're going to do justice to it on our little one hour radio show, but um, absolutely. You know, why do we love our dogs so much? That's what we're going to be talking. And what about. happens? You know, what happens when you bond with a human, uh, human bonds with an animal, a, a dog, most cases? Well, you live longer for one. There's actually stats on that. So I'm sure yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about, about that, that too. But, uh, but those are just the sidelines of uh, the, the metaphysical connection we're, we're going to talk about. And it should be an up show after all of these depressing stuff. And then the week after that, we have our election special coming up. That's two weeks from now. We have some of the most important legislatures that, that in, in terms of uh, animal or canine uh, legislation is concerned in New York State going to be coming on and telling us what they're going to be doing right this time around. It's a really big show. Mm-hmm. You want to hear from the people that you're going to be voting for, and they're going to be on the show in two weeks um, and the on the Election Day special coming up. That's October 31, right? That is October 31, yes. And let's remind again, the PSA is finished. We have two versions, folks, and we want to hear from you. 
So we're going to send out an email. One email is going to go out this week, and it's only going to go to those people that are on our email list. So if you're not on our list, get there today by going to the Dogs in Danger homepage. Right, and And uh, looking for that link that says, what can I do? And then when you click that, you'll see an email pop-up box. You just put in, you know, put in your email address. You'll be on the list. And then you can help us choose what this, the nation is going to see. If this public service announcement doesn't do it, really, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to get people. I don't know. Well, again, as I said, it's a crapshoot, right? You're talking about the creative arts. And let me tell you, <laughs> how do you spell crapshoot in capital letters? <laughs> and let me tell you, it really is. Um, I love it. I, I absolutely love it, you know, and uh, I have fear. Like I said, the last four shows, I'm worried. I'm just worried, not because there's anything wrong with the PSA, okay? I find nothing wrong with it, but then I'm inside the bubble. But I'm just worried because you never know with this kind of stuff and the perception of the public, you know? So, I'm praying. You're praying right now? I'm okay, praying. well, I'm praying for I'm, the PSA. I'm, I'm leaving and going to church right away. Okay, folks. With those lyrics coming in the background, thank you for joining us. Enjoy today. Another beautiful day in New York, and we will be seeing you next week, hopefully with some stats on black dogs from Miami, too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.